0: Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community, and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching, and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp, and 100% accountability with me, including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical, and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links and bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. I believe that this is the 20th episode of Conversations with Claire. I think so. Either way, we blinked and we're here. So today's guest is my recurring guest, my bestie guestie. I couldn't help myself when I came up with that earlier. I was like, that is so lame and I love it. (laughs) So today's guest is Erin Monson. Hello, Erin.
1: Hi, your bestie guestie is here for the party.
0: Uh, Okay. So real quick, we've already done a couple of previous episodes. The topics of those episodes Our relationship with self and relationship with food, you are welcome to go back and listen to those. I highly encourage that you do so, especially if you find value in this episode. But today, we are going to focus on the thing that Erin professionally focuses on the most in her life today. So who is Erin? Erin is, besides being my recurring guest, she is a health and fitness and relationship coach. She is a certified personal trainer. She's a certified nutrition coach, and her motto is a healthy body and a strong mind equals strong relationships. She helps people feel sexy inside and out. And on that note, let's bring Erin in. <laughs> Hello. So, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I thank am you actually, I'm, absolutely. I'm so excited to get to talk to you about this topic today because From the time I met you, this has been the thing that you are most passionate about. And so, of course, we've spoken about the other topics because those have been heavily of interest to me, things I'm navigating, things I feel like I'm communicating with other people about frequently, but this one is one that just is resonating with me more today. And also just, we got a lot of really great questions. So guys, for context, we're going to be focusing on relationships. We have a bunch of questions. We actually asked people on Instagram to send us some questions and then just some people in our personal lives as well to let us know what questions they would have in regards to relationships. And we got so many good ones. And so this is not only about romantic relationships, although there are quite a few of those. There are also questions specifically for platonic relationships. So whether that's relationships with your best friends, relationships with your family members, with anyone within your ecosystem, with your colleagues. So these will be applicable to a lot of them to a romantic situation, but some to just platonic situations. So with that, is there anything you'd like to note before I just start rattling off the questions?
1: I'm just so excited to talk about relationships. This is... uh there's a reason why I do what I do. And it's because I'm the one who has needed this in my own life relationship mess. And so that's what they say, your mess becomes your message. So all of these questions, it's like, I think we both can relate to them so much. I've been there, have seen the value in learning relational skills. Relationships are literally the foundation of the quality of our life, of our health. And so this stuff is so important and I'm just really, really excited to dive in and to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're so right. You're so right. I have conversations constantly today about community and accountability to others and all of these different things that all circle back to relationships with others and how it starts with that relationship with ourself and having to establish and understand that first. And then from there, then we can really start to, so we heal that relationship and then we begin to start to navigate these relationships with others more healthily and with more awareness. So we're gonna have a lot of fun diving into these. And I think it's also cool that we have addressed those other topics previously because I think within the whopping, we're almost to one year of us knowing one another, which is so crazy. Oh my gosh, it's so, it's so exciting.
1: Yeah. I can't
0: wait to celebrate. We're literally going to have a full blown anniversary. We are going to. I want cake. Okay,
1: we need cake. Yes, perfect. Cake, donuts, cookies. Okay.
0: Yeah, but we've gotten to walk through. Yeah, seriously, all those things, especially with our relationship with food and the trajectory that we've had in the last year. Like, oh yeah, I just. What I mean is, I've gotten to walk through these seasons of life with Aaron alongside me. And guys, if you didn't listen to the previous episodes, I also just have to note. That we met at an event and it was an event in Miami. Neither one of us lived there. She lives in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I live now in Texas, but I lived in Oklahoma at the time. And I met Erin and I knew something was extremely special about Erin straight out of the gate. I knew that her involvement in my life or her presence in general felt therapeutic. And so I really went after that relationship. And the reason I point that out is just because when we think, I feel Erin is a mentor to me today. And she's been since I Mm -hmm. met her. Yes, I get to call her bestie and we truly are great friends. But I sought out this relationship and was highly intentional. I went to visit her. I think I've been to visit her three times now this year and was just like, this is a relationship that I want to cultivate. And if she's open to this, this is someone that I want in my life. And I got super intentional with seeking that friendship. And so I just like to touch on that because I think that there's value in that for anyone listening, that if you want to increase the caliber of the people within your circle, and you see people that have something you want, that carry themselves in a way that you want to carry yourself or anything like that, make them your friends, show up for them and watch cool stuff happen. So- We can get into the episode now, but that's worth mentioning.
1: (laughs) And you've done a hell of a job doing that. So thank you. I'm persistent. Okay. So
0: the first question, if you're ready, let's just hop on in. Let's do it. All right, great. And I will be reading the questions and then we'll see, we'll both kind of touch on answers. So question number one is my significant other and I struggle with communication. Any tips on getting better? Oof.
1: Communication, man, that one comes up a lot.
0: Yeah, and we just go straight Um, into the deep end here. Like we literally just plopped ourselves right
1: in the deep end. Yeah, professionally and what I see in... People in my own life and in my own relationships, communication is usually one of the most common places that people struggle. And what does that even mean? I mean, communication has so many different facets, there's a lot of pieces to it and a lot of prerequisites to be able to communicate. So, the biggest things that stand out to me when it comes to being able to communicate better in your relationship is number one, get to know yourself. Who are you? What do you need? What wounds do you carry? What activates you? And be very intentional and very clear on what you're feeling, why you're feeling a certain way, noticing how that feels in your body, like really get to know yourself and get to know the way your body communicates with you because that is the information you need in order to communicate. It does no good to communicate something when you're just I don't even know what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling it. It's easy to go into blame and into more conflict if we aren't clear on our own shit. So that's number 1. Get to know the baggage that you carry and And I just have to note guys that if you
0: want more tactical practical on how to get to know yourself that is literally located in the previous episode with Aaron on my podcast here. So just scroll on down wherever you're listening, find the relationship with self there, and we dive into that much, much deeper. So if that felt like mm-hmm. great information that you didn't know what to do with, there's another resource that's going to dive deeper into ways that you can familiarize yourself with yourself. Carry on. Yes.
1: Yeah. Just to keep this, I mean, we could talk about communication for a whole episode easily, yeah. but Just to keep it to two things. We'll say get to know yourself, the wounds, the baggage, the things that you bring in. Get to know that really well. Get real cozy with it. And then also learn how to regulate, which means knowing that when you are in a place of fight or flight, let's simplify it here. When you feel anxious, worried, got to do something, urgency, or if you feel the opposite of that, like super shut down, depressed, like checked out that is not the place that truth lives. That's a really, really hard place to communicate well when you're in a state of dysregulation. So when you feel that way, your only goal and only job, not to communicate, not to worry about what you need to say, how you need to say it, your brain won't be working well enough to do that. So your only job is to work back towards regulation, which means you are present, you are calm, you are connected, you're able to use your adult brain. That is your only goal before you even get to communication. So know what helps you feel more safe, know how to take care of yourself so that you can use those tools to come back to regulation. And that's a much easier place to communicate how you're feeling in a less blaming in a less you're able to take more accountability to know what your needs are and to say things in a way that is more likely to be heard by your partner so those are my two top tips again we could talk about it forever but regulation and knowing your shit yeah
0: gosh yeah I'm gonna attempt to be concise on this one too because this is so broad and so important important. I mean this is it right like this is the meat and potatoes of how you make it work But my thoughts on communication are definitely just a couple of things that are one of the things I try to live by today is not making long-term decisions based on short-term emotions. And so when I think Mm -hmm. about applying that to communication with others is when I feel activated, when I feel anger, sadness, Mm -hmm. excitement, when I feel like intense emotion in that moment, I'm like, oh, I'm heightened right now. Like I am activated. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be able to communicate most optimally right now. And I probably just need to actually sit with this myself, do that regulation and figure out how Mm -hmm. do I actually feel with this? I know I'm like, it feels intense right now, but once I calm back down, does this Mm -hmm. resonate with like my principles and values? Cause always want to drive it back to principles and values. And so that's Mm -hmm. one thing. And then the other thing that I've heard, I cannot remember where, but a tactic recently mentioned is just like, When it comes to conflict and communicating in regards to conflict, that sometimes if you always have that same conversation in that same living room, in that same kitchen, in that same dining room, maybe if we know that we need to communicate about something hard and heavy, maybe we take it to one, we show up a bit more prepared and a bit less reactive. We've already Mm -hmm. thought this through a bit and feel a bit more at peace when approaching it, thinking about approaching it in a way that we can be heard. If you're yelling at me, I don't hear you. And so thinking about approaching it in a way that we can be heard. And then maybe we have the conversation on a walk or in the backyard, or I don't know, somewhere else that is not a place where we have had a lot of negative experiences mm-hmm. with conflict. So those would be mine. Yeah,
1: yes. And just to add, because that's so good, communicate really speaking your truth. It's sharing your inner world with your person. And that's, when you think of it in that way, what am I feeling? What am I experiencing? What do I want them to know about me? What do I need to know about them? That's how we communicate with each other is what gives us that information. Like you said, like when you get yelled at, you're not going to hear it. And then we go into defense and we go to dysregulation, we go to self-protection. And so learning how to use I statements instead of blaming, pointing fingers, um, speaking in a tone, like knowing your partner and what activates them I know for me in my relationship, like I have a tendency to shut down and withdraw in certain ways where I'm not able to communicate. And that's very activating to my partner. And so I've had to learn because I do need space. I need the pause. I need time to process what I'm experiencing so that I can communicate. But I also need to communicate with him. I'm not shutting down right now. I just need time. I will be back in 10 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. But that's the honest communication in the sense of knowing what our partner needs as well as what we need Mm -hmm. and letting them know so that they're not lost in their own activation, making up stories, because then it just escalates from there. So. Hopefully that, that's a lot of information on communicating, but definitely yeah. a helpful start. There's
0: no way to tackle that. And I, I mean, that was extremely <laughs> concise considering the breadth of the topic. Next, but next, next episode, here. we'll do communication. <laughs> Literally all by <laughs> itself and we could easily eat it up. Okay. So next yes. one yes. is, I've been in a lot of toxic relationships and now I'm in one that's healthy, but I'm bored. Part of me knows it's good for me, but part mm. of me wants to run. Thoughts? Yeah.
1: This is a common one that probably all all ages, but I see it a lot in the 20-year-old, the 20s, the state, a lot of younger people in their 20s who are kind of navigating. It comes up a lot with like my younger sister's friend group. Okay, well, let's talk about this. So, if you have been in relationships that do not feel safe and healthy, I'm sure you've also experienced the extremes of the good, 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 the heightened, like really, really good moments. And then the swing that feels like absolutely horrible or unsafe and that constant, there's so much going on all of the time and it keeps you intrigued and into it and It feels exciting at times. It's like this unknown, what's going to happen? And it's also has a lot of painful emotions, but it keeps us, I put excited in air quotes because it's that feeling of like adrenaline. And when we don't have that anymore, it can feel like boring. I'm like, uh uh-oh, is this how it's supposed to be? Is this like what I'm supposed to want, but I don't really want it. So then what's wrong with me? And we can go down a hole. Storyline of that. But I would ask this person to think back to their family of origin, their younger childhood experiences. What did they witness? What did they see in the big people in their life? What were the relationships like? Was there healthy, effective communication? Was there repair after conflict? Was there safety? Was there not? What did you learn about relationships and what did you learn? Because that very well shaped you into your own romantic relationships, and it could very much be what's familiar to you. And anytime we step out of comfortable and familiar, it feels wonky and weird. And we're like, "Uh uh-oh, what is this? I don't know about this. So I would encourage you to look at that, your childhood. And then I would also, on the flip side, relationships require novelty. It's a part of keeping things connected, intimate. It requires novelty along with stability and consistency. And that's one of those paradoxes of life where it's like, uh, I need both of these. So that's boring. It might be boring. It might need some more novelty. And novelty doesn't mean fighting more and having like big, big like moments of disconnection. But it could just mean going to a new place together, experiencing something together that neither of you have ever done before, doing things that keep your relationship spicy and exciting, because that is a very, very important part of a relationship. So is it boring just because it feels healthy? Or is it boring because maybe there isn't some passion and excitement going on? So explore that, like stability and novelty Mm -hmm. in your relationship. Do they both exist and how can you invite more novelty if needed or maybe more stability? That's a good, a constant thing we're trying to weigh out and keep balanced in our relationships.
0: That's so good. And I think that that actually into the next question, that's going to roll quite nicely like this next one with my answer. My thoughts that are coming up for the next one are going to be in line with this. So I'm going to go ahead and ask that next question and then I'll touch on my two cents there in conjunction with that one. So the next one, and that was beautiful, but what is one piece of advice that you would give to your 18 year old self? And I can just you run. Go first yeah, on sure. This one? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You, you hit it.
0: Yeah. So I think about whenever you're answering the question to the previous one about the toxicity in previous relationships and then feeling like you're in a healthy one now and feeling like maybe it's boring and is that good or bad? What do I do? age groups, you touched on that. And so then with this one, we're talking now about an 18 year old that is just now defined as an adult, right? But still has a very, very growing brain and has a lot of learning about themselves ahead of them. And so when I think about all of that within the context of relationships, this one above about the toxicity, I'm like, well, are you in a place with your growth where you're ready to be in a healthy relationship? Because in order to be in a healthy relationship, you really need to do the work to be in a healthy relationship with yourself. And that is oftentimes stuff that we have to undergo all throughout life, always. We're always working on it, but certainly in young adulthood. And so then when I I move on to this one about what would I give it to the 18-year-old? To the 18-year-old, I wouldn't even be concerned with a relationship with another person romantically. And if I'm thinking about relationships as an 18-year-old, what am I thinking about? The advice that I would give is simply a couple of things. One of them, because it is so near and dear to me is as early as possible, I would check in on my relationship with substances. Cause if there's anything, Mm -hmm. I look back at my history and a lot of the damage that I did through my twenties, I started drinking like an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic and in recovery. And I started drinking that way. And then I started using drugs. And all of that started when I was 13. And then it just carried on through my 20s. And so I say that because I think the earlier that we can address that topic where somebody can simply check in and be like, am I using substances to escape reality? And how is that going to play out over time? And maybe I'm speaking to someone that's just too early in that journey. And maybe you need to go through a bit more of it to figure it out. But I can't help but touch on it because it played a big role in my growth and in the pain that got me there. And then from there, Mm -hmm. I would also just to the 18 year old, I would simply say that I would be focused on purpose. I would be looking, searching, listening to podcasts, watching videos, doing, reading books, doing all the things to try to learn about what a purpose driven life looks like. And then living within my principles and values, because it took me until I was nearly 30 to really take a look at that stuff and recognize that I was not at all living within my principles and values. So I had to figure out what those were and then how to live within them. And it took me much longer. So if I could try to give advice to somebody a bit younger to maybe have them bump into a few less walls than I did, it would be really hone in on like, yourself. Really spend some time getting to know mm-hmm. yourself and focusing there. And then I think that you can navigate a relationship with someone else much better, much earlier than I did.
1: That's yeah. what, all I know yeah. to do is
0: tie it back to me. So those are my things mm-hmm. that I would give to an
1: 18 year old. I love that. So good. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. For me, it doesn't matter what I tell my 18 year old self. Cause there's no way I, would She's gonna make a mess. I wasn't taking any advice, Yeah, not taking advice from anyone at that age. Like, <laughs> Nope, I'm doing my thing. And that's what's interesting with advice to my younger self. Like, oh, I would have known then what I know now. Oh, wow. Like, I would have so many more years of all of these amazing things. And that's just like, I needed to go through all of that in order to get where I am now. So it's it's interesting to think about that. Like, what advice, because that might have, had I listened, had I actually integrated the advice I would give myself then or now, then would I have learned and developed the wisdom that I needed to through those experiences? I don't know. And so it's the only thing I can come up with for my life yeah. is take college seriously instead of only focusing on tennis and actually pursue or use your scholarship money on psychology or on mm. therapy because that's going to serve you better. Not focusing on school at all. So <laughs> that's the biggest one for me that I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Wish I could have those years back. But yeah, but yeah, like I said, it's gotta experience things to learn sometimes.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh. And another one now that comes to mind is mentors. You know, if I think that there's anything pivotal <laughs> for people, it's oh. it's getting good mentors. And so the earlier you can start actually yeah. thinking about the positive of having mentors and maybe taking a look around and that's just somebody that has something you totally. want. You don't even have to have a personal relationship with them. There are mentors that of mm-hmm. mine that don't know that I exist, <laughs> but they're certainly mentors of mine. Yeah, the internet. know
1: <laughs> I. wish they knew I existed. <laughs> yeah, put this
0: into the world right now. Jay Shetty is one of my mentors, and I know we will meet one another. It's going to happen. Oh. He's going to
1: be my friend. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm
1: going to hunt him down. Like oh. I don't doubt it. You'll find <laughs> your way. Yeah, but either way, you're you know, a persistent one. As, as far
0: as like ones that have a significant impact on me today and stuff, I like to consume that I feel like positively mm-hmm. impacts my life his podcast is certainly at the very top of the list. So thank you for for all that you do.
1: Thank you.
0: Yes. Okay. So moving on, how do I handle differences in my relationship? Sometimes I worry that we aren't compatible.
1: I love this question because compatibility and just the access we have nowadays to so many relationships. We get on social media, we get on dating apps, like we're constantly bombarded with like something that maybe could be better. And am I compatible? And maybe I can find something better, which it could be true. Maybe you're not compatible. But my biggest advice for differences and exploring compatibility would be what is your relationship like to difference? And how are you using those differences as a beautiful thing in your relationship? Differences are so powerful and they make your relationship so much stronger when you see the value in the difference. And this can even be like some core values. You can have some different core values and still see and respect the beauty in what the other person's values or differences bring to the relationship and to their life. And the opposite end of that, as far as incompatibility, if you have no common values, if you don't have much in common at all, if you want totally different things, like, do you want kids or no kids? What are your thoughts on alcohol and drugs versus sober living? Or if there's things that you just cannot agree on over and over and over and over and over again, then you don't necessarily have the glue to keep your relationship strong, especially when times get tough. So I would say having a handful of common core values is essential to be the glue and good luck finding anyone that has all of the same beliefs and values and all of the same person as you are. And would you actually even want to be with them Mm -hmm. if you did find them? That wouldn't be like, you wouldn't bring different strengths to the table. You wouldn't learn from each other. You wouldn't have opportunity to grow and to open your mind to new things. So That's what I would tell you is how different are you? And are you noticing the value? And are you able to hold difference with respect and with gratitude? And if not, then like that's a good place to do some work because that's one of the biggest problems with the world today is that we can't accept others for having differences. And it's really unfortunate because we're missing out on so much growth and beauty. So, some things to explore with that
0: yeah I think the neat thing about all of that is that it's all so highly individualized everyone's essential needs look a little different like your needs and your relationship and my needs and my relationships is it's not going to be identical and being able to recognize that I have expectations of this person and that means they're unrealistic and then being able Mm -hmm. to accept those differences and like that's super easy to preach and super hard to apply But I did an exercise Mm -hmm. recently that I quite enjoyed because I've definitely been spending a lot of energy on this topic recently. So with (laughs) that, a mentor of mine had me do an exercise and I wrote down like Mm non-negotiables and that was really hard because I was, yeah, but they're a human and I do have this capacity to give others grace better than I give it to myself at this stage of life. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I don't know. It was very hard for me to write that stuff down because I'm like, well, but I'm not actually in the situation. And until I'm actually in it, I don't truly know how I'm going to react. And so it was a tough one. but mm-hmm. was interesting is there were some things like for me, their ability to be financially stable on their own two feet is something that matters. Their relationship mm-hmm. with substances due to my relationship with substances is pretty important. So Mm -hmm. there were certain things, right? And so anyway, we go through this thing. And then at the Mm -hmm. end of it, she says, okay, great. You need to be able to provide those things now. Like if those are the expectations that you have of another party for what a safe space in a relationship with someone looks like, then like, are you doing those things? And so I enjoyed the exercise. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a hundred percent applicable to everybody everywhere, but it was something Mm -hmm. that I quite enjoyed to then flip the script after doing it and be like, oh, Mm okay. Okay. If I need you to show up yeah. as this person, yeah. then I need to show up as this person. If I need to show you mm-hmm. to show up capable of handling conflict in a respectful way, I need to show up capable of handling
1: conflict in a respectful mm-hmm. way. Oof. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. I know it's an oofer. You're like, oh, don't hold up the mirror. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I need someone to do that so that I don't have to. Yeah, but yeah, it is. Like, you'll attract those qualities when you put in the work and do the things necessary to become the one to become the person that you would want to have like that's the ultimate act of self-love and the ultimate work you can do on your relationship with yourself which completely affects your relationship with another person so that was beautiful and I love that exercise I've done that before too in many different settings and different times of my life and it's always changing and I love it too I also Um, go ahead
0: No, you go ahead. So I was speaking to a friend as well. That's in the first couple of years of marriage actually recently. And we talk about her marriage. I am one of her closest friends anyway. So we get to talk about the deep stuff, the real stuff. So we're talking about their navigating their new marriage and, and just all of the different things of the standard of living that each one of them showed up with. And so this person behaves Mm -hmm. in this way. And this person is like, where did you think that was okay? And then they're like, but this was always okay. And so like recognizing who you show up as and what you show up with, and then recognizing Mm -hmm. that they're going to show up with different stuff and like respecting the fact that like we have to find a way, but that was built over the course of decades. So that was like their baseline. That was normal Mm -hmm. in their world for Mm -hmm. decades. And so the idea Mm -hmm. that they're just going to immediately know that what is normal to you is not the same, like that won't take some time. And we can work through that. We are not showing up with like the exact same dinner table manners are the exact same how yeah. we like this clean over here or just anything.
1: totally like
0: our standards are gonna yes. be different and eventually we figure out how yeah. to coexist but like that takes time
1: yeah takes time yeah and it's a willingness to let go into some degrees and it's not about not standing in your values and only allowing theirs to take over and it's not about one person winning it's the thought of if it works for me, and it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work for us. Where can we let go a little bit and bend a little bit so that we are working for the relationship because it's no longer me and you anymore. It's us. So like, how do we work through that? And the problem is very rarely the difference. The problem is how we handle the differences. So that is our ultimate work is how do I hold space for something that's different than what I think is normal, what I think it should be, how I grew up and what I'm comfortable with. Mm. It's not me anymore. It's us. Mm. So we all matter. And so how can we all work together here to create this container of like acceptance and seeing the value in the other yes, person? You know, respect.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that that also yes. is applicable to friendships too, because especially with your Mm -hmm. core people, with your relationships with your family or your very, very close friends. Still, again, you're going to show up with different expectations and you've got to figure out how Mm -hmm. to respect one another sufficiently enough to make the relationship go over time. And that's why there are seasons Mm -hmm. with those, but there are ones that do last. And that's definitely Mm -hmm. at the forefront of that is yet again, we're showing Mm -hmm. up differently again. Okay. So next, are we wrapped on that one?
1: Yeah, let's let's move on.
0: I told them I love you, and they didn't say it back.
1: Do I run? Oh, dagger to the heart. (laughs) Well, first of all, props to you for having the courage to say it. That's amazing. I love that. That can be a really scary step. And it does take vulnerability and courage. So that is amazing that you are able to express that. I do not think that just because he didn't say it back that it means anything with the information we have like we don't know his history with using that word we don't know his comfortability with it we don't know if he has walls around that expression because of past experiences we don't know the timeline that maybe feels good to him Just because you said it and he didn't say it back, it means maybe that you have a different relationship with the word or that you are more comfortable being vulnerable or maybe you're more in touch with the way you feel the love in your own body. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't feel that. It doesn't mean that he won't feel that. It's very, very, very rare that relationships have both people progressing at the exact same rate at the exact same time that just doesn't happen it ebbs and it flows some people move a little quicker some people move a little slower sometimes it flip flops and we just have to work with that I mean obviously it could mean that he's not going to get there we don't know that we don't have the information but that's for you to pay attention to and check in with yourself. How long are you willing to be in a relationship when maybe you don't know where they stand? There's no right or wrong answer to that. It's totally up to you and what you need to feel secure and to feel like it's worth it for you. So I would just say it's information to keep observing, to pay attention to other things that could possibly have you feeling insecure in the relationship. Do you really need him to say it back or is he showing you that he really cares about you in other ways that are powerful. Yeah, so it doesn't mean you need to run by no means. It could be a really beautiful relationship that you're creating. And I will validate you that it's probably painful to not hear that back and just to keep checking in with yourself, stay true to yourself. And yeah, just do what you feel is the best for you and your relationship.
0: You covered that beautifully. Like, I don't even think I need to add a beat to it. I will, because I like to talk. <laughs> but no, I just don't. Yeah, all I think is that that four-letter word carries a lot of weight to a lot of people and their comfortability with using it varies greatly from one to the next. And so I think that just what you said, as far as the way that I view it, it is one, why does it need to be this one word? If they are able to articulate that they care deeply about you, And yet their comfortability with that word maybe isn't what yours is. If they're able to tell you, communicate with you how deeply they care about you, in other words, especially early, and then to show you through their actions that they are invested Mm -hmm. because actions just matter so much more than words. And so while I understand we want to be validated, we want to know that we are loved But I feel when someone loves me more than I feel it when they say it. I don't think I have anything else to say other than what you said is so true. Mm -hmm. And yet again, all I can think of is just like communicate about it. If you are feeling insecure about it, just do your very best to open up that conversation and say, I feel insecure when you don't say that back. Can you help me understand why you're not saying it back? And then just go from there, yeah. you know, and there's your gut. What is it telling you? How are they acting? Are their actions showing you that they love you? Or are their actions showing you that they really don't care that much?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's a good... Okay. Yeah, and that's with words and actions, just a quick side yeah. note, because this is some people respond really well to words and they need the words. And sometimes people act in ways that might be showing you they care, But then they're saying something different, like a common example is, I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm not ready to be committed. But then they treat you like their partner, they do all of these things, and it leaves you a little bit confused. But then they say, but no, 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 I'm not ready for anything. And then they're like, dating other people as well. And so that can be really tricky, too. It's do their actions and their words line up ultimately and that might not happen at the exact same time but that is something to pay attention to especially as the relationship progresses is he continuing to treat me like he loves me but we're not really moving anywhere with the words lining up because ultimately we need both of them to line up to have the full trust and safety that we long for so just a little caveat to that guys
0: my eyes just got big for like 400 times <laughs> as she was saying those words I was like oof <laughs> oof you know cuz that is something that we see all the We've time i've right? certainly been guilty yeah. of what i'm saying not even remotely aligning oh, yeah. with my actions i'm not ready i'm not ready but i'm here 7 days a week for yeah. you know whatever yeah, yeah. So that's not a shot yeah. at anybody but that's a good check in Do your actions Mm -hmm. align and do theirs? And what does that say about their involvement with themselves and their readiness Mm -hmm. for a real, respectful, Mm -hmm. healthy relationship? Okay, yeah. let's see. Making friends as an adult has been hard for me. I'm struggling with where to find friends that have the same values or they're not surrounding drinking on the weekends, or I'm sorry, partying on the weekends. Also with people being kind of flaky, including me.
1: Hi, queen of being flaky over here. (laughs) Similarly to the question about differences, do you have to have all of the same values? And what values are really important? Like they mentioned being surrounded by like the partying, that might be an environment that is not supportive to your growth, to your own authentic truth. Mm And that's a value worth looking at, like, okay, for my own growth that I am not around people that value that, and I don't. And so that's an example of non-negotiable. And then there are also examples of values that still work. It actually would be supportive to me and my growth if I'm open-minded to these differences. And that's a question to sit with, like, does this support me or does this Hurt me and using that as a guide as you make these decisions of where you want to meet friends, your tribe, the people to connect with that really uplift you and make your life better and make you better. I would say, when it comes to finding friends, meeting people, where you spend the most time, that's a good indicator of things you value. Like, if you spend a lot of time at the gym, you probably value your fitness level. And that's a place where you meet people who also value the same thing that you value. If you like to go out and party, like you're going to meet people at the bar, at the parties who value what you value. So where you spend your time is a really good place to like meet your people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so that can be a good place. But as far as people being flaky, that's an interesting one. Like there's different ways, Flakiness can have such negative connotation and coming from someone who has had anxiety my whole life and that transferred into social anxiety at times. And with my own wounds and my own stuff that I was going through, I was really flaky because I wanted connection. I wanted to say yes. I wanted to tell people that I'll come and I'll go to the thing and I'll go to dinner. But then my own stuff got in the way when the time came around And there's a lot of guilt and shame in that when you cancel or when you're flaky. And that just adds a layer to what you're already struggling with. And so I would just be careful when people are flaky to be compassionate and curious about why they're being flaky. And then also same thing with you. Is there something getting in the way that's making this commitment hard or like saying yes to this dinner or going to this place. Maybe I'm just struggling with myself right now and I just need to be alone or I just don't feel confident or I like just am not up for it. I don't have the emotional energy because I'm dealing with other stuff. Like there's so many things that that can contribute to flakiness. And rather than judgment, I would I would recommend compassion and curiosity with that. I
0: love it. I think you covered that so well. And I think what's funny is my perspective, my approach prior to hearing yours was different. And I'm going to go ahead and say what my thoughts were, but Mm. I love the compassion and curiosity piece of it. So one, I think it's good to acknowledge the fact that in all reality, friendships, real friendships, we only have the capacity to have very few of those. And so for me today, prioritizing those and prioritizing showing up for those people and giving them time and energy. Like that's paramount, but understanding that there's a very small number of humans I can fit in that box. Then there's all these acquaintances. And for me with acquaintances, I give myself a lot more freedom with the flakiness. If I'm not up for it, I'm a lot more comfortable saying that doesn't work for me. Whereas if it's someone that's in my inner, inner tiny circle, then I'm going to push myself further outside of my comfort zone To show up for them. So there's an identifier of like, how valuable is this friendship to me? And then based on how valuable it is to me, that's going to determine for me my level of how far I'm going to extend myself to show up in that relationship. I agree with you as far as finding people in the spaces that you occupy, certainly. Then what comes to mind for me is leaning into discomfort. Mm -hmm. And so even if you are somebody who isn't necessarily extroverted, but you do want relationships with people. What I have found in my adult life is that the more I can lean into discomfort, the better my quality of life gets. And so I'm not saying put yourself in extreme levels of anxiety. And I can't even speak to that specifically because if you clinically experience that, I'm not in a position to advise you on that at all. I want to be real clear there. But what I can speak to generally is that when it comes to relationships with others and flakiness and things like that, with your flakiness, just check in. How can I expect other people to show up for me if I'm not willing to show up for them? And maybe that's an indicator that that relationship isn't that important to you and that's okay. But those are my thoughts there is one, that in order to develop and cultivate those relationships, we're gonna have to do things that make us uncomfortable and get outside of our comfort zone and show up and talk to people, but like it will be worth it. And so to some degree, lean in there, lean into that discomfort. Mm -hmm. So those are my thoughts there.
1: Okay, We got to keep, I love that by the way, I want to get (laughs) to the beautiful, different perspectives. They're all so valid and good. It is. Yeah. And that's,
0: there's no one, one way Mm -hmm. to hit it, but okay. Hopefully just different approaches do resonate. Mm -hmm. So let's see one that I want to ask. Okay. Would love to hear your perspective on dating someone who is independent, outgoing, and sociable. The maturity and trust one must have to not develop insecurities with someone (laughs) like that.
1: Oh, man. Let me tell you. I know all about this. You know yeah. all about that. Your partner is all of those things. Oh, my gosh. He sure is. And I love him for it. And it is.
0: He literally travels the world for a living and is on camera. <laughs> and he is adored by his community. Yeah. And by the way, shouts out, Julian. Freaking love you. But
1: love you, he's babe. how we met. But anyway, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway, okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean... (laughs) This couldn't resonate with her more. (laughs) Yeah, my perspective, just from my own experience, it does, like, I would have never been ready for him a few years ago, even. Definitely not in my 20s. He is very independent. He's very outgoing. He's around attractive people all the time. Like, he's everyone's biggest hype man, so he's always complimenting people and just so kind and making everyone feel good. And that could have been very triggering for me if I wasn't secure in myself and in our relationship. And so my perspective on dating someone like that is to definitely do your own work around what feels threatening to you and what you need to feel safe with someone Who's like that? Because my experience of my partner is like, these are the reasons why I was drawn to him initially. And they're also things that bring some challenge and more communication on my end of what I need to feel safe and connected and to continue to build trust. And so definitely doing your own work. The last thing you want to do when you're with someone is try to fit them into your box of what you think they should be so that you're okay. That's not a relationship. A relationship is celebrating someone for who they are and loving them for their authentic self. And so reminding yourself, like, these are the reasons why I was drawn to you and the things I love about you. And I would never want you to change those things just because I need to feel safe. And so... Bottom line, I have to build trust with my partner so that I feel safe and secure in this relationship. And that's, for us, that's exactly what we've done. We've really prioritized trust and building that through our actions, through our words, showing up for each other, being honest with each other, having honest conversations with each other, knowing what's important to each other and reassuring each other when we need it because we're human and that's mm. ultimately how those beautiful qualities about Julian threatening in the <laughs> least because they're so beautifully him. And the reason why I love him is the reason why so many people love him. I would never, ever want to take that from him just because of my own bullshit, of my own insecurities. So whenever that comes up, it's just to check in with myself. What, where's your work here? Where do you need to do? Because changing him is not mm. the answer. It's healing yourself. So those are my thoughts on that.
0: I have nothing to add. That was beautiful. And it's just self-work. Okay. So how do you stay optimistic when experience has left you jaded?
1: Oh, yikes. Yeah. I've been there. Whoever asked this, I feel you to the core. And I am so sorry that you're feeling jaded because it is freaking tough to continue to date, to open yourself up. And I don't know if this is specifically... To romantic relationships or just relationships in general, when experiences have hurt you in relationships, that carries on with you into the next and into the next. And you'll find more and more reasons to prove true why relationships aren't worth it or why you should protect yourself or not be open to these things. And so it can be really exhausting. I would just honor that, honor that it is exhausting sometimes and that it does take a lot of effort and it takes a lot of uncertainty and a lot of vulnerability. And it would be really easy to lock yourself up and just be like, screw it. I'm just going to give up and just always long for it, but not think it will happen for me. And I have been there. I will tell you. How do you stay optimistic? The thing that's coming up for me when I think of how to stay optimistic For me, I had to, I definitely had moments where I wasn't optimistic at all, but I had to let go of the expectation that I had for myself. I had to let go of where I thought I should be and where I thought I needed to go. I had to just let go of all of that and just be okay with what's present right now. It didn't mean I didn't long for it. It didn't mean I didn't want it. It didn't mean I like didn't hope it would happen. But I had to just learn like, what is helping me be okay right now? And what do I have a say in in this? Like, how can I invite passion and joy and things that make me feel connected to myself, going on hikes mm-hmm. and being in nature, listening to music, pursuing my own passions and my own dreams and going back to school to get a master's degree, doing things for me to help me feel. I don't even need to be optimistic right now because I'm doing things that are fulfilling for me. And somewhere along that road, hopefully I will find someone who aligns with me and thankfully that did happen for me. So yeah, I guess I would say just, I guess, don't worry so much about like being optimistic, like be okay. If you lose hope a little bit, be okay. If you're exhausted and jaded and afraid and want to protect, but really just focus on you and check in with yourself and do things that are fulfilling for you in your life right now, in this moment. Couldn't agree more.
0: I feel that so much as well, as far as when I finally experienced shutdown with dating and I was very vocal about it. And then what's funny is there were even back home in Oklahoma, there was a group that I was a part of for a while before moving here. And the whole group of guys there, actually, they made jokes thinking I was asexual. (laughs) Asexual, love it. And you know, for how shut down I was at that time, I was in early sobriety and I needed to focus on myself. And so anyway, (laughs) they literally were like, yeah, maybe she just like isn't into people, you know? Like loves <laughs> like people, but like not like that. Just yeah? <laughs> I, I like selfish. I was like no, great, no. Oh But anyway, that was at a time. Where I really had just gotten to a point where. I had failed relationship after failed relationship after failed relationship. And mm-hmm. I was not showing up as the person who was going to attract mm-hmm. the type of person that I would actually want. And I think that that was something I had to take a real hard look at. Of mm-hmm. You're not going to attract a partner as this version of you. And mm-hmm. so I became aware of that. And then I became okay with that mm-hmm. at that time, which is sad, but. That's
1: where I was. Mm -hmm. So then
0: going on that, that moral inventory thing and all the beautiful Mm -hmm. work that's been done over the less than two years now, and to now being this person for a while now that has really shown up and living heavily into her principles and values. And that doesn't mean that everything's perfect, but it does resonate with me as well, as far as experiencing moments of being, I don't have a clue if when, and I got so comfy just doing my thing. And I think that that was one of the scary things this year mm-hmm. for myself was I got wildly comfortable doing my own thing. And I got really comfortable like, okay, I'll go spend time with people over here for like two mm-hmm. hours and then i am go over here. And mm-hmm. so the idea of being around someone at higher volume literally gave me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like it stressed me out. And now I'm just experimenting with that and like spending more time around the same person and mm-hmm. seeing how that goes. It's been a really cool thing. And I think you're right. I think that if you're in that place where you just feel jaded and beat down by it, all I can think of is based on our experiences. It's just like lean heavily into what do you love? What fills your cup? That's not another person. Because when your cup gets so dang full, everybody's going to want to be around you. Like you're going to be the person that attracts that type of person. I've seen it occur with Aaron. I see it occurring. I get to be surrounded by incredible people today. And so Just lean into you and love on you and know that if you get real, real into doing your thing, like somebody's probably going to look at that and be like, dang, that person has something I want. And that Mm -hmm. might be somebody that you got chemistry and Mm -hmm. compatibility with.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. That's what we want.
0: (laughs) So- we have got to wrap. So we're going to round this thing out. We can clearly, we have more that we could do. And at this Q&A, we may do more QA because this yes. is really fun. So fun. We got to cap this because unfortunately we got other things to do. Sorry, mm. ma'am. All so guys. real quick. I always like to end with, I want three of your gratitudes. Give me three things that you are grateful for today, Erin. Oh,
1: right. Three things that I'm grateful for. Number one is connection, relationships, people in my life that I get to walk alongside with that make my days brighter and better and more fulfilling. So just the people, the people in my life, you being one of them. And second, I am really grateful for my health. I've been a little sick for the last three weeks. And it's always a good reminder of like, ooh, life's a little harder when you're not feeling too hot. And I am so freaking lucky that I have really, really good health. I don't get sick often. I feel pretty damn good most of the time. And so I'm just really grateful that I have a healthy functioning body that can fight off sickness. And I'm here and I'm still functioning and my body's doing okay. And I'm just so proud of it proud of my body (laughs) and then third I'm so grateful for my relationship with food right now it's just a lot like the way that I relate to food the way that I enjoy food the way I think about food in a way that's exciting but it's not obsessive and it's not something I think about all the time I'm just so incredibly grateful for the way I'm able to enjoy it in my life the way it doesn't control me anymore the connection and the laughter and the fun and the excitement that it brings, while also the health and the energy and the fuel. I've just never felt in a better place with the way I relate to food. And it's something I worked really, really hard for. And I'm so incredibly grateful for. So those are my three.
0: That is very powerful. And yet again, for anyone who wants to know more about that, there's another previous episode that is Relationship with Food with Erin. And it has been so helpful. She has walked through a journey with me this year with my relationship with food. And we have come so far. And that resonates so heavily with me as far as you've been an example to me that you can heal your relationship with food. Mm -hmm. As someone who dealt with numerous eating disorders, it got really dark. And if you guys want more information about that, go get it there. She walks through it. It got rough. And to see her come out this other side and be able to enjoy it in the way that she can it inspired me to continue to really like do work there. And I have a better relationship with food today than I think I've ever had, you know, and I do get to experience so much joy around it. I look forward to it. I love it. Now getting to cook for other people and enjoy it. And just I couldn't agree more with you. Maybe use that as one of my gratitudes. But so my (laughs) three things I'm grateful for is one is the humility of others on the internet is something that I'm grateful for. I feel like I see more and more content from people. And people that have followings and stuff like that, that have big communities, right? That are getting more and more humble and more and more vulnerable on there. And showing up not only as the polished version of them and the beautiful photos that they're proud of on that wonderful vacation that they dieted for, which like, good, have those experiences. But I love how much I'm seeing people show up in those darker moments and post the selfie of them, whatever, and just simply be like, Hey, just so you guys are aware it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And I feel like the more that those people show up in that way, it gives more people space to be human and to recognize that they are also human. And so I'm so appreciative of that. I think it's incredibly powerful. And as I see more of it, it just really gets me going. So my next one mm. is we basically are saying the same thing. So I'm just going to say people. I'm just thinking <laughs> it was funny. I write my five things I'm grateful for in the morning every day. I'm literally the first four were individual humans. And I was like, okay, Claire, write something else. Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I know, that, but I'm like,
0: you know, it got to be specific individuals in my life. So grateful mm-hmm. for people. I am also grateful for the kindness of strangers. Mm-hmm. I got to meet somebody new for the first time today, and they simply said, Claire, your podcast is really good. It's almost mm-hmm. frustrating because I have now had to add another podcast to the ones I have to consume each week and this is a person (laughs) I've never met before. And you want to talk about meaning the world to me. If I am working on a number of different projects professionally right now and having a grand old time doing it and it's terrifying, but this is the one that I'm hyped on. And so to get that kind of feedback and that was from a stranger. So that's just an example. But the reason I'm telling you guys that is because be kind to a stranger, go say something nice. It doesn't have to be some context of their life. Literally compliment something that you can see that they put forth effort in or something like that and watch that like just be this really cool experience between the two of you. So grateful for the kindness from one stranger to the next. I see people do it to one another all the time. I try to do it to others and it gets done to me and it fires me up. So where, Love it. <laughs> where can the audience find you and support you and get in touch with you if they want coaching
1: from you? Oh my gosh. Well, I have a website, com. You can apply for coaching on there. Instagram. You can DM me. You can link to everything that I have on Instagram at Erin Monson. And those are the main places. I also offer workout programming. It's called Exercising Love, and that has an Instagram and a website as well. Catch me on Instagram, email me, and that's how we link up.
0: She's got a ton of very valuable free content on there as well. And so all of this will be in the show notes, guys. So if you want to check her out, make sure and pop down to the show notes and get all that info there. And other than that, I have to ask that if you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you would please, wherever you are consuming it, follow the episode or follow the show, rate and review it. And if you feel like you got value out of this episode, please share it with someone that you also think that it will positively impact And last but not least, we hope that you have a beautiful day.